Hi, good afternoon and welcome to this Thursday, the 15th of October's edition of SG Live. Now, I'm hoping the more eagle-eyed amongst you will notice that I am not Sonny Gopal. Um, but so today, this one, we are looking at thriving in adversity. Um, one of the important aspects of being able to thrive during adversity is the ability to react well to changes. Now, this session was advertised as thriving through adversity with um, Heather Beach, and unfortunately, she has not been very well and has had to look after herself first before um, joining us. And um, so, we are reacting to change relatively quickly and today instead we'll be talking again about thriving with, uh, thriving in adversity but not with Heather Beach. So this is a live show, there may well be gremlins in the, uh, in the works, uh, hopefully not too many of them, um, but uh, a Thursday session is our share session where members of our stream team will share from around the world. Uh, not sure how many of them will be joining us today, but we have uh, Salong from Ghana, Dang in Vietnam, Sanjay in the UAE, Jorge, Jorge in Mexico and Firoz from India. Um, some of them will be joining us. Uh, so, oh, and Sunny from the uh, UK. Sonny, who is usually uh, hosting, but is today taking a bit of a backseat, because he is a little um, meeting out. <laughs> uh, so we are looking to share best practice, um, our experiences, how things have been going for us, and how we can look to best move from surviving to thriving in adversity. So one of the things I've found over the last few years, I have struggled with my mental health and I have seen quite a lot of mental health um, professionals. Uh, one of the things I've found that they do is they take you from struggling to surviving. So they get you to the point where you are not at risk of ending your life on purpose and then leave you to your own devices. So that I do not think is enough have a good life so what we're talking today is how we go from just getting through the day and getting up in the morning and getting to the end of the day and how we get to having the thriving how how we do well how we learn how we grow uh so we have uh sonny salom and jorge um i want to pass over to one of you how do you think we can help how we can help ourselves how we can help other people go from just getting through the day to thriving and doing well. Uh, anyone particularly wish to start us off or should I just? Can, can I Can I first start, uh, if I may, Gemma, by saying thank you so much for hosting this. Um, I really appreciate that. It's it's always uh, a tough thing to do these live stream events and my, my biggest gratitude to you for uh, doing that. And um, thanks. Um, Apologies that there might have been a bit of an error in starting up, but hopefully that's all fine-tuned now. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to sit very much for backseat, and I'm going to let everybody chime in and on a live comments as well. So uh, thriving with adversity—that was a great show with Heather. Um, I thought, from my perspective, I learned a few things uh, about it because it, it's very easy to say. I've got no problems, right? I'm fine. I'm just going to carry on. But um, in reality, when you actually sit at the sit back and say sit in a dark room or something, and you think about things, you do realise that there are some gremlins in the background that we need to deal with, and we do need to bring out to surface. So the session with Heather was very good because. She actually is one of those people, I think, that takes a, a torch and shines it into a dark room and says, well, have you tried this corner? Have you tried that corner? I think that was a really useful session. So that's, that was my sort of uh, thoughts on, on maybe, maybe Salom and Jorge have uh, their views as well on this. Yeah. Salom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that every time we talk about adversities, we basically mean the challenges that confront us. And these challenges are a lot of them. There are a plethora of challenges that we face from various parts of the world. And um, I think that um, every time a problem or a challenge confronts us, we need to have the right mindset. Having the right mindset is very, very important because um, the fact is that in every 
challenge, there is an opportunity. It's just a matter of how you appreciate or embrace the problem and look at the, the positive side of it. So for me, my approach to dealing with adversities is basically making sure that I'm very optimistic and I have a different approach of handling it. I look at the brighter side of it and that sort of helps me to deal with um, the, the stress and, and the, sort of the pain that comes with, with challenges. Um, in my career as a safety professional, when I started, I was very um, challenged with information. And it, because of my part of the world, um, people actually with the right experience, you wouldn't really meet them to mentor you. So one of the ways I went through that was to create a WhatsApp group where I would have everybody around me. And then I'll begin to ask them a lot of questions to find out their perspective of things to be able to learn from them. And I think that was a way of going through the challenges I faced back then. So I think that the adversity, the adversities will come definitely, but you have to make sure you have the right mindset to be able to go through them. Yeah, so that's that's my take. No, that's really lovely to be able to keep positive even when things are falling around you. Um, yeah, because I think that that makes it much easier to handle because if you're going through a challenge and you're rather focused on the negative side, it's actually weighs down on you. The stress level begins to increase. But when you begin to look at it at the brighter side, then then at least there's something positive that you're you are leveraging on. That's, that's hope. We all need that hope to be able to hang on to go through challenges that's very true it's actually um one of my favorite books when i was a child was the secret garden and that's uh the whole point of that book was um that if you have hope if you have positive thoughts there isn't any space for the negative ones exactly. the, the quote where you plant a rose my lad a thistle cannot grow which is something i've tried to hold on to so where um where you have a positive thought, there's no space for the negative one. And being able to reframe a situation to see the positive in is, uh, well, it's it's a skill in itself. Um, do you have any tips for anybody who might be struggling on how to reframe their situation to see the positive? Okay, for me, I think that uh, first and foremost, we need to appreciate the fact of life. Life is full of adversities. We need to embrace that. We need to appreciate that. We also need to know that um, adversities come our way to strengthen us. So um, I think um, if we are very optimistic and we, we believe that it's the adversity will challenge us to become more because it helps us to develop our potential. It helps us to become much better. So I just believe that um, the right strategy to dealing with adversity is just to make sure that you're looking at the brighter side of life and that's it. Yeah, I think there's a song about that, isn't there, Sonny? <laughs> there certainly is in fact that 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 secret garden is actually coming out as a new series or something in the uk uh, yeah. on the channels yeah. yeah so i think it's bbc I that so it you was... def well i'm definitely going to watch it now for yeah, sure yeah, you know? i've read that book about 300 <laughs> times when i was a kid wow salon that's a real yeah. deep insight uh, my friend and it's a real it's really nice of you to share it so openly as well. Um, I see Asif's come online, so good uh, good day, uh, Asif. That's nice of you to join us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks, Sharon. Uh, Jorge, do you have any any take on uh, how we can move through uh, surviving and just getting through the day and into thriving and, and really learning and growing? Uh, hi, Jorge. Uh, hi, how are you, Jake? Well, in my experience, when when you have a, a problem or something like it's a, uh, some adversity in your life and your work or anywhere, usually I think that the, your mind is not very clear because something is wrong and you, you can get some stress about that one. Then if you have that one, I, 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 in my experience, I always think two, twi in, in two things. The first one is not why is happened this one to me. What do I make wrong, or what uh, do do I not uh, do? It's not the case. I think that you need to to to, to think for what is that that is happening. Do I can take advantage of this one? 
do, do I have an opportunity or like I said, a, a red present for me to gain, to gain some experience, to do something that I was lost or I don't see in, in, in my usual activities. Uh, you, you, you will gain a lot of experience in, in, this, in this way because sometimes uh, the shop blame can you take advantage of that of this opportunity usually not to, to see on the wrong way what can I gain of that one it is something that I need to learn is something to do I need to adjust in my life in my performing I think it's, it, this is my, my, my experience, my, my opinion. No, it's really good. So uh, similar to Salom's idea of being able to reframe a negative into a positive is uh, not to dwell on what you may have done wrong, but instead look at how you can do something better out of the situation rather than why me is how, how can I do better? Is that what, what you meant there? No, exactly. Is it, it, is the way that I am trying to express that uh, usually in in all your life you you will gain each each day some experience, good or, or wrong, but you need to to to, to converse this one, trying to to have a good experience and, and to to gain of that that is happening to you. No, that's brilliant. Just want to uh, say, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I just want to say Charles is saying good topic and I just want to say Charles welcome welcome to the show looking forward to our uh, catch-up tomorrow uh, we actually linked up from the last session and I think Charles was so interactive in terms of talking about leadership I just want to say one thing um, might be bigger than a one thing but if you if you if we think about thriving with adversity what, what uh, as if the topic today is thriving through adversity okay and i just want to put this into some sort of a context from from my perspective i don't think of adversity as just psychological challenges or emotional challenges or that emotional baggage i also think of adversity as challenges in the job for example charles is in project management okay if i remember correctly so there are, there are things in jobs that are challenges, which has ramifications also at a psychological level. You know, that feeling of, I can't do my job or I'm not confident enough and all those things. How, how do you feel about that, that there is this translational effect of a job creating adversity at a psychological level as well? Do you think that's a fair thing to, to, to think about? I think so. Um, well, there, there's the two different types of stress. Um, well, there's probably more than that, but specifically there is the, the bad stress, the distress and the eustress, which is the good stress. So you want the, the challenge in your job, the eustress to keep you motivated, to keep you going, to keep you engaged. But when it becomes too much, you can't keep motivated and then it becomes distressed. It then has a negative impact on you in that you lose confidence you lose your your momentum you lose your ability to keep going and uh, that will then um feed into your your mental health and also vice versa because the the more positive and, and encouraged you are in yourself that will help with the job because you have a greater belief in your own abilities or a more realistic view of your own abilities so you know um, what you are good at, what you're not good at, where your limitations are, and identifying your limitations and stretching them slightly is the key to a challenge which is beneficial, rather than not knowing where your limits are, completely going over them, becoming completely overwhelmed, and then not being able to cope. But the, but the word there is limits, isn't it? Um... In this day and age, it's very difficult to say, I'm sorry, I'm at my, I'm operating at my limit here, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, it's seen almost as a, as a sort of a, 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 
a mark of failure, right? Not strong enough, not confident <laughs> enough, et cetera, and things like that. But at what point and how do you, and this is open to everybody on the chats and everybody, how do you deal with things like that? I mean, if you're very, very unlucky, you'll have a bully for a boss, right? <laughs> and there are many out there, right? Wow. And if, if you have those sort of situations, at what, at what juncture and how do you go about saying enough is enough? I've reached my limit. I mean, what personal experience have you got in these things? And Charles uh, has given us a thumbs up on that. I, I knew he would because he's in project management. He must be under tremendous pressures in terms of delivering these things. What's, your, what's, what's the collective experience? Uh, yeah. I personally, over the last few years, have had an excellent experience with management, so I can't really say what my challenges have been. Um, I, I have struggled in my personal life, and I'm willing to admit that. I've, I've seen different doctors and therapists and all sorts of other things um, as I was uh, struggling with agoraphobia. So at my worst, I could barely get out of bed and get to work without uh, significant distress. But my, my boss, my current boss, is absolutely brilliant and has helped manage my my role my time to to take that into account and I'm now at the point where I am stretching myself more than I ever have ever have done and I think a lot of that is that um the, the caring atmosphere I have in my workplace it's very much like a, the best parts of a family so a family at its worst it sees everyone sees you at your worst at its best, everybody cares for you. So we have all the, the best aspects of family because you see each other and, and, and help each other and care for each other, but without the, uh, I know they'll still love me when I call them the worst names I can think of that you have <laughs> maybe with your siblings. And uh, I don't suppose my siblings are watching right now, but they would say that I have definitely done that to them um, over, the, over the years. Uh, so it's really brave of you, and I, and I um, it's admirable that you are at a juncture where you've taken strength from the community, your immediate workplace, and you've and you've really developed that. That's, that's that's a great environment to be in, though, isn't it? It's wonderful, and I I think I would have struggled without it. So I, I can only say thank you to everybody I work with for the fact that they have helped me over the last few years. I've not been easy to work with um, at work or at home, um, but it is something that you, you kind of improve on. So I've gone from um, very finding it very difficult to get to the end of the day, just wanting to go to bed and then and it's over, I don't have to do any more. Um, to wanting to do more, to wanting to learn, to grow, to thrive rather than just getting through the day. Right. Um, so, well, there's there's my experience of, of that aspect of it. So, I will stop talking about myself now and let other people. Go. No, I, th I, th I think I think it's it's good that you can talk. What's the What's the Bob Hoskins advert in the UK? He did an advert for? Is it? It's good to talk. Is it's good to talk like that? Um, but what about what about yeah? What about Mexico and Ghana? I mean, what the cultures are different there, aren't they? Yeah, I should imagine it might not be as easy, especially I've also got the the advantage of being female and we're allowed to have emotions and to talk about them. <laughs> um, I think Jorge's Hor putting his uh, hand up there, I think, as well. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Jorge? Yeah, yeah. Well, le le let me explain something about my experience. As uh, you know, I was working in a nuclear power plant. Yeah. The, the culture there, the safety culture there, is very strong. Uh, the, the first time when you arrive to, to, to this uh, kind of uh, facility, you need to change your mind. Doesn't matter what experience you have on, on operation, on maintenance, on inspection, or whatever. Then you usually have a lot of train and a lot of experience there. And in some cases, everything is working perfect, but sometimes you have some adversities. Mm 
I remember one day when a fan was uh, turned off because some fault, and uh, somebody needs to to do there and trying to fix the problem. This was a very high radiation area. Then you need to to planning the job very carefully. And uh, a guy and me went to that one. Yeah, can you try to to think the stress when you are in this area with all your uh, detectors singing because the radiation is coming to your body and you need to fix the problem. And uh, because I have and all, all the people on the plant were in a different mind, in a different culture, we can perform the job as quick as we need because the radiation, we don't, the, the time was a factor very, very, very strongly. We performed the, the, the problem was uh, uh, aware that was disconnected because vibration, something uh, during construction was a, a mistake there. And uh, my point is, if you change your, your mind from now, before that you perform any kind of activities, when you have a problem on adversity in, in, in your life, this kind of uh, training or uh, change in your mind can come to your body and your, to your mind very easy. It's a natural. Then you, you can fight with the, the adversity, and you can gain the, the, the pro, You can gain the experience, and you can perform the activity as the way, as the the correct way. It, it okay. is different when when you are outside a, a nuclear industry, because usually you don't have the, the same culture there. Usually, I don't know if in the, in the rest of the world, the, the safety culture is on the same way that this strong on, on Navy and Air hmm. Force and, and <laughs> nuclear, because all, 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 the, all the environment is taking you to do the things on the correct way. And, you, and, and sometimes I can say you, you are a robot in your mind. You know exactly what to do if you don't mind in, in that one. This is my experience. Wow, that's that's quite powerful. Just want to say, Gemma, um, thank you to Tana, thank you to Piotr and Alexander. Some great, um, uh, great of you to join us. I just want to acknowledge that. Uh, unfortunately, Gemma, I, I I'm doing the sort of feeds here, so apologies for intruding there and uh, just chipping in. Um, but I, I, what I want to say, sorry, to Jorge, whilst mm. he was talking, is when you've got something where it, it's telling you you need to get away, you know, your, your senses are sounding and you have to go towards that thing that you know is going to hurt you. How do you, how do you cope with that, knowing that you have to go towards the damaging, um, mm. something that is going to be incredibly bad for well, you, that, that has to be quite affecting? Can you, uh, you I there, think there's okay. uh, something wrong in, in your micro, Emma. Microphone. I'm strange again. I don't hear no, you, you, you. the question. The, the, the micro oh. of Emma. You might have to repeat the question. Um, what I said was, uh, how, how do you um, deal with it when you are having to go towards the the hazard that everybody else would be running away from you've got the the alarm sounding saying that uh you need to get away um but you're having to go towards it i mean that's that's got to be quite difficult i mean from a, a psychological standpoint of being uh having to to run towards that harm how did you cope with that how how would you deal with that well that's a good question well yeah, well, in, in, trust uh, Gemma to uh, come up with a tough question. <laughs> Sorry? 
<laughs> Sorry, Jorge. Yeah. You are afraid. No, no problem, Sonny. You are afraid because you are human. It doesn't matter the, the kind of training or safety culture that you have in your mind. But uh, in, in our way, you know that you need to perform because no, nobody will do the, the, the job like you can do it. You need to deal with that one. It doesn't matter the noise and the radiation and the time and, and, and all the stress caused because external agents are coming into your, your mind. You need to do that one because if you don't do it, something can make it in different way. Yeah. You, you need to take care. You, you need to, to, to keep in your mind that you are prepared you are the expertise, and you need to do that one. Doesn't matter what what happened on radiation and on the problems that you can get later. You need to do that. You you are training and you are there because you can do it that one. Then you need to to, to take in your mind that you said certainly you have the experience, the knowledge, and 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 all the all the skills to do that one. Then. The adversity is not something that did need to, to go into your mind the process. You need to do that like a robot, I, I said before, because yeah. you, you have all the preparation, but for that one. I don't think it's clear, my, my question. No, no, it's very clear, very clear, yeah. So devoid of emotion, basically, yeah? Yeah. Mm. And, and Salom. Salom, you're not no. a robot, are you? Exactly. Yeah, I also think that um, in the occupational setting, you can't you can't deal with adversities all alone. So in the occupational setting, I'm actually looking at all the factors that can cause stress in an organization, and it is very very important that the management actually understands the impact of adversities at the workplace because definitely it's going to reduce productivity. Employers are going to be demoralized. People are going to make mistakes because they are stressed and it's going to increase accidents and stuff like that. So I think um, at the workplace setting, you need to have a more systematic approach. You need to make sure that, um, of course, all the things that cause stress at the work, like work overload, excessive time, um, deadline pressures, and uh, people not having the right equipment to do their job and all of that are addressed holistically with a stress management technique or system or, or having identified them as a workplace hazard and then looking at how best to address them, probably through training, so that people have the right approach to dealing with stress. I think it is it is not just an, an individual problem, but it's an organizational problem, and they need to be able to play a role in making sure that the workplace isn't toxic for people to have to deal with stress, which can eventually cause accidents. Mm. So that I, I believe that workplace setting is a whole different level where we need management, commitment, resources, proper planning of tasks, identifying individuals' limits in, in job that they are doing, and, and making sure that you allocate adequate time for people to complete the job and not make um, production always the priority, of course, to consider safety and health of the people in planning for jobs. So that's, that's my contribution. That's very good. Gemma, if I may, um, got a point from Charles here. He says, I recently completed a resilience course with Dr. Chris Johnston, who was a medical doctor and was involved in a near-fatal car crash. And this was his wake-up call. He runs a variety of free resilience courses online. If anyone wants to get his details, please contact Charles. I do encourage you to network on this um, uh, platform. Can I, can I just take one minute to just share something with you? I'm very fortunate to be doing this with Gemma, Jorge, Salom, and our other colleagues, and with everybody online on chat. And we've got some incredible guests coming up in the future. Um, we've got Lisa Landy coming up soon, um, PhD psychologist. I'm not going to give too much away. You just have to wait and see. Tanir is online. He's coming on next week to talk about things. But what I want to say is, over the last two months, I've been getting more and more and more involved with this neuro aspects, this psychological aspects of things. And I find it fascinating. 
And I like the comment that Charles has made about resilience because Dave Snowden, who I'm going to try to persuade to come on the channel, he's, a, he's like a super intelligent guy. He will tell you that resilience is about bouncing back. You know, it's like the bit of elastic you pull and it stretches and pulls back into shape. And that is so important because thriving through adversity is, is like a journey. You're going through the process of adversity and you'll be at a point resistant to something, you won't be resistant to other things. But somewhere along the line, SH1T is going to happen, right? And resilience is about how you bounce back from that. And I think that's a really important topic we have to cover in the future. So Charles, please bear with us and we will be covering that in the future on, on that one so just want to just want to chime that in as a promo as well okay but just want to put that in there i have um seen a good example of the difference between uh being strong-minded and being resilient because you can be mentally strong to the point it becomes detrimental uh there were uh, a team of uh Soldiers in the UK were doing a, 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 a training exercise, walking through the countryside. We don't get an awful lot done, so we're not used to it. And they had a couple of really, really hot, really dry days. And they ended up being so unprepared for the hot weather, they walked themselves almost to death because they were so mentally strong. They went through it. They carried on going, even when their bodies were telling them to stop. And they ended up, um, say, almost walking themselves to death. Uh, so just blundering through and being strong and right, I can get through it, I can keep going, I can keep going, is not always the best approach. Knowing when to say no, I've had enough, is an important part of resilience. And, and sometimes having that mental strength to keep going uh, against all odds is... Um, ultimately detrimental. Mm -hmm. Well, Charles has come with a comment. Before we go to Charles's comment, Asif's made a comment as well. It says, workload, job insecurity, because we'll come back to that one, John, because it ties in nicely with the uh, fatigue aspect. Job insecurity, drugs and alcohol, fatigue, fatigue again, lack of resources, incompatible PPE, adverse weather, long shifts, domestic problems, violence. Have you been spending time at my house or something, Asif? <laughs> It's, it sounds very much like my story, though. Um, but yeah, without being too uh, sort of humorous about it, I fully, fully understand what he's saying there. And especially if you're in a job which is, well, like a safety critical worker nowadays, you know, I mean, can you imagine what they must be going through? These poor folks on the NHS front line and so on. Um, towards the uh, the source of the problem with their, their counters going off. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and Charles's comment there, um, Gemma, chimes with what you were saying, I guess, doesn't it? Hmm. Workplace fatigue is a real and relevant issue for me and others on our project at the moment. So, you know, knowing when to take that break to say, I've had enough for the minute. It is negatively affecting me. I need to slow down. Oh, there's Sanjay coming on. <laughs> Sanjay, we miss you. Come back. Yeah, all is forgiven. <laughs> um, oh, that is also um, because he's travelling for work all over the place as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is, yeah. We, we... Travelling is, is difficult. Yeah, we're blessed to have a lot of these folks from all over the world. Um, and Charles has come about workplace fatigue. Now, Charles is in Riyadh, if I remember correctly. So um, it's a real and relevant issue for me and others on our project at the moment. I've never known a project, Charles, that doesn't have fatigue as a issue um, because you're working to very, very tight deadlines. And um, especially now, because the resource bubble will be a bit stretched, I would think, all the lockdown issues and um, working and social distancing. But um, I am really looking forward to getting you on the show and having our chat with you tomorrow. So uh, we'll have a, a lot more of a chat on that one. I don't know what's happened to Jorge. He's put up a picture of something there. Oh, it's gone completely now. He's probably signing in again. Let, let me let me ask. Let me ask. No, okay. Let me share something with you first. Something I've never ever shared on air, and I, I shouldn't really. It's going to be recorded, but here it goes. Okay. 
I've I've been very fortunate so far in that I've not had to deal with bully bosses, right? Um, I had one bully boss in my younger days, and he the guy I, I won't use expletives because I'm not like that, but it was certainly hard work for me. I think that is a subject which is often forgotten about, and that is you you you're already under incredible pressure to perform to deliver and things and so on and then you have this boss that's chipping on your on your uh confidence beating it away i think that's a terrible situation to be in has anyone got any experience of that i mean how do you deal with something like that maybe you've got people who know have been through that and they've dealt with it well the whole of america has that at the minute because the chap in the helm is the well, I think that to have a boss like that, there's definitely one option that's to resign or move on to another company. <laughs> yeah, like really, um, a lot of the time the bullying boss comes from insecurity. Yeah. Um, one of the examples I've used is uh, if you go um, crabbing, if you go to catch crabs, you don't need the lid on the bucket because the crabs will pull all the other crabs back out. They won't let any of them escape. Um, and a lot of times workplaces can be like that is if you look like you're trying to do better for yourself, like you're trying to get out of the bucket, all the other crabs will pull you back down. You know your place, get back down here with us. Um, and that can then be very demotivating for people that they're being drawn into this uh, and not allowed to go anywhere else back into, uh, you know, you know your place from back here. Um, so kind of understanding that it's from their insecurities a lot of the time rather than anything you personally have done. Um, and maybe to manage your manager, to be able to manage your boss a little so that uh, they don't feel so... Um, threatened or that you are going to be um, overtaking them, running off and leaving them behind and, and they will mm. look bad. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, bullying is a subject in its own, okay? It is, yeah. And there are every one of us sooner or later or in the past have gone through bullying or is probably going to go through bullying or is being bullied at the moment. And I don't, I don't really want to sort of derail conversations or take it into dark areas. That's just not me. I want to stay as positive as we can on these things. There's enough blooming challenges already, you know? Um, but I, I think listening to what Heather said in the show on Tuesday, if you are going through adversity, I think some of the things she said, which really resonated with me, was when she said, think of it as a bucket, yeah? Pick all your issues, all the headaches, all the concerns and everything else, put it into the bucket. And look at the, the circles that you've got. Is it circle of control, circle of influence, and, and circle I can't do anything about, basically, yeah? Um, and then when you've done that, you might be in a position to then address these and knock them off one by one. And I, and I found that image very powerful, the one that um, uh, Heather put up there. Alexander's come up with a comment. Apart from workplace fatigue, sometimes employees refuse to speak out when they're under stress or being asked to perform an unsafe task. Ooh. So that is um, very common is that people won't admit that they are under stress. And one of the things I found is it takes an awful lot of strength to admit that you're not coping. People don't seem to realise that it's the people who say, look, I need help, that are the, the stronger. You can say it, you can be mentally strong to the point where you, you walk yourself into the ground. But the reason they've done that is pride. They won't admit that they are struggling and they, they have carried on and they've carried on and they've carried on despite the fact that their bodies are crying out to stop because of their pride their insistence that i can do this they have uh it, it's had a, a really deleterious impact on them they've been um well, they, they've ended up 
really hurting themselves because they weren't able to speak out. So I think a lot of the time it comes from management that you need to praise those who stop and say, I need help. It's too much. I can't, I can't do this today. And obviously with everything you're going to have, you're going to have people that aren't, um, that are taking the mickey, that are, are taking advantage of your, the fact that you are um, kind and helpful about it. Um, but for the most part, people are really going to want to do everything they can. And it takes a lot to admit that you can't, can't do it and you need help. Mm -hmm. so I, I think that from, from a, a management standpoint, you need to, to praise those who are willing to say they need it. Mm. Well, um, well, I also think that I also think that um, to a large extent, it comes down to the the level of safety culture. Mm. When the culture is matured to the point, you realize that everybody, and then and then the message of having being able to stop the job has been well yeah. communicated to everybody. I think that it goes a long way to getting everybody to be able to speak up at the workplace when the situation is unsafe. So I think that um, once the workplace um, the safety culture isn't good enough, then these are some of the instances you have people still overstressing themselves to their job, even when it's not safe. And then also um, the fact that they are afraid that they could be blamed for, for, for stopping the job and stuff like that. So the message about um, the, the fact that safety is a priority must be able to resonate well with all employees and must be well communicated to everybody. That you have the right to stop the job and you will not be blamed for that. So yeah, very true. Very true. And that's a very good point there, Salom. If people don't feel that they're able to stop the job because they've not got the right equipment or they think they could uh, fall from a scaffold and die, how are they going to have the um, the ability to say, I have taken on too much, I really can't do this today, it's going to really badly affect me mentally, I won't. I can't do it. So you need not only a very mature safety culture to be able to stop it for a physical effect that everybody can see but the idea of being able to stop it from mental uh hazard that you can't see uh that really will take a mature safety culture and a lot of of work mm -hmm. i like i like alinda's alexander's comment because I'm going to share a personal experience with you um when i was working in iraq for a, a super major um I was fortunate, you know, I was in a position I could walk around and I could visit sites and talk to people and things. So we went on one particular site, uh, it's the fourth largest oil field in the world, and there was these these guys doing uh, welding. And uh, one of them, um, he was doing the welding, but he wasn't doing it following the standards, you know, that we had, like, you must wear this and that and all that stuff. Um, so I said, why is, he, why is he not doing that? What's the reason? And um, he actually wouldn't stop, but we made him stop. I had a translator and we made him stop. And we said, look, why are you doing that? Tell us, please tell us. And through tears coming through his eyes, and this is an honest to God story. He said that I can't get used to the fact that you guys have taken over in this joint venture because before what happened was I had to do this without the line being isolated, without anything. And if I didn't do it, I had a gun over my head and they said, if you don't finish this job and get this back online on a live line, you won't see your family. OK, so when you talk about workplace fatigue and employees refusing to speak out and so on, sometimes it might need a change. And that change will only happen if you speak out and you say something, because if you don't, you'll be putting someone else in the firing line. And you'll be putting someone else's uh, safety at risk as well, a safety issue. So please, um, as Gemma said, it's important to take courage and important to speak out and say, look, I, I don't I don't um, agree with this. It's not correct. We need to do something. Sorry, I've got my soapbox there. But you, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, You've got to have the courage to, to say enough is enough, because whilst I might be comfortable with it for that minuscule of a moment I'm there doing it, someone else is going to come along and spend a lot longer, have a longer exposure period to that risk than I will. Yeah. Sorry, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, 
Sanjay saying uh, it's a relevant issue at the moment. There's resources, lockdown issues, etc. God, tell us about it in the UK. We're into we're into phase two. <laughs> we are. Everything up north is is bad at the minute. Yeah, it's like a bad Hollywood film, you know. Like uh, what is it? Uh, rage two, rage one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what's happened to Jorge. He seems to have uh, disappeared. I think he's having connection problems. I think so. Okay, well, we're 46 minutes into a very interesting conversation, Gemma, aren't we? We are, yeah. So, I mean, it's been um, the, the, the things that Jorge was saying before, having to go towards danger to save other people, the amount of... of um, resilience you need to come back from that and be able to come back to work the next day and 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 do that again mm. is quite remarkable mm. if we had to pinch one word or put it into a sentence or all of us here and everybody online how would you say deal with adversity um thriving through adversity i think we've already said a few things shall i kick it off i would say um have courage courage to deal with it is my word mm. Um, I also say, look at the brighter side of it. For all you know, there could be an opportunity in there. Mm. Mm. I would say talk with mine. I mean, it's probably quite relevant. I have not stopped talking since we started this. I talk a lot. Hey, you... <laughs> it's kind of difficult to get you to talk. We're actually honoured you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, but the idea to talk to other people whilst you are you know, if you're struggling, if you need help, other people may have experienced the same sort of thing. Oh, Sanjay's on. Hi, Sanjay. Hi, hi. Nice to see you, Sanjay. Hi, Gemma. Hi, Salmon. How are you doing? All right, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I can't uh, stop myself joining in. I was just <laughs> rushing to, you know, I was watching on uh, YouTube. You've been to a party or something? You look really... No, no, I just, uh, you know, I have already shared all that, you know, I'm under mobilization, so. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so you've been, you've been um, trans, trans, well, I can put it in transition yeah. from UAE to India and then back again, aren't you? So uh, thank you. Yes, for yes, apparently I'm in UAE only, I'm in mm -hmm. Dubai, so let's see how it goes. Well, you're back there now. Whoa. Oh, yeah. all right. Then. Yeah. Sorry, this is the thing with live chat. You catch up with people, okay? So sorry about that. Yeah, this was a nice topic, actually. I, I can't hold myself, you know. Ah, as yeah. I, I also want to jump in. <laughs> Deep dive I, right away. It's a sensitive topic, and I wish... Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a strange platform that we stream from. I wish in many ways we could have a 100 boxes on the screen here, and I wish we could all talk. But from experience, I know it doesn't work, okay? You can have... 50 people on Zoom and the conversations just get so bad because of the microphone issues and things. So I'm sorry it's a chat thing, but believe you me when we say we want you to be a guest on this show, we are serious about that. Mm -hmm. so Charles is going to be on, Tanir is going to be on, Alexander, whoever wants to be on the show, there's the email, live at redrisks.com. We're all on LinkedIn, right? We are. Get in touch. If you want to chat about your adversities because there's no one listening, get in touch. All in confidence. We're not psychologists. We're just a listening ear and we'll be happy to help. All of us. Exactly. Again, so, I'll go on my soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit on mine, really. Um, <laughs> so in terms of um, going forward then, what would you say, Gemma, in terms of thriving through adversities? How can we sort of close this and put a nice wrapper on it, if you can put a nice wrapper on these things? I, I don't know whether you can put a nice wrapper on it, but I would say be willing to talk, but also be willing to listen. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I've said to people I work with is I will drop anything. If you need somebody to talk to, I will drop whatever I'm doing. We'll go talk. And I have had a few people take me up on that. So um, I'm not just saying it because it sounds nice and it's a nice tagline. I do mean I will drop everything. doesn't matter what I'm doing. I, you know, in, in the middle of writing, doing a Fandango, anything, I will drop everything. I will come over. I will talk. We will go through it. We'll, we'll, I might not be able to help, but sometimes just getting it out is enough. 
Um, the thing about you, Gemma, is you never blow your own trumpets. I'm going to blow it for you. Gemma is very qualified in terms of counseling and she's studying for various things. So take her up on it on LinkedIn. But, you know, be mindful that Gemma's quite busy with a job, but she's never, her door is never closed, as I'm sure Sanjay's and Salom's and Horge's and everybody on, on the team. Mine is always open. It's a virtual door. You can just come in talk whenever i'm happy to do that uh but yeah so take us up on it we're not just a, a bunch of faces at the end of your screen here we are live people and we're really keen to talk as well and discuss these things as uh, bob hoskins would say it's good to talk <laughs> i've forgotten that was a thing I'm going to have to now. <laughs> I, I, I knew you'd like that one. It's good to talk. We should use that as a strap line on the show <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Salome, it must be um, if, in your line of work and also in oil and gas, I'm thinking of control rooms. I'm thinking about the guys in the control rooms. They're safety critical workers. They must have a hell of a lot of challenges at the moment because you've got less and less people, haven't you? Okay, well, currently for me, we've not started full operation yet. Um, the project is yet to start, so um, we're just um, working on documentation in the office. So um, we aren't currently offshore yet working. Mm. Everything is just normal here. Mm. Yeah, so I cannot really talk much about that because um, that's not my working around it. Yeah, well, fingers crossed that'll change uh, not too far in the future. Um, can I take this moment just to say what's coming up in future shows and then we'll probably uh, close off. Um, so um, future shows, Charles is on uh, chats. He's gonna be chatting to me tomorrow on Zoom. We're gonna come up with a lovely topic. Charles seems to be very knowledgeable and I wanna grab his project management experience so we can share and learn from that. And Charles is saying, be comfortable asking for help. Absolutely, Charles. Um, Tanir on, is on the line. I think he might have gone off. Good friend of yours, Sanjay. He's going to be coming to talk about jobs, interviews, and his top tips because I think he just interviews people all the time, right? So if he can't talk about it, I don't know who else can talk about it, all right? Um, so next week is Tanir on the Thursday. On Tuesday, you're just going to have to put up with me. I'm going to be talking to you about some of my favorite subjects, and that one's going to be my safety performance is sh1t why and how do i improve it so i'll share with you my tips but it's collective learning so you can also tell us what you would do um so i'll just say those things for now and um i'm very grateful to you Gemma. charles is saying uh Gemma is correct um usually yeah you, you're always correct uh <laughs> Kamona Wiguntek. Uh, Kamona, welcome to the show. First time I've seen you on here. Thank you. Have a safe environment where you can talk and be heard. Mm. It's good to talk. It is. And, and listen to hear rather than to respond. Yes, absolutely. A lot of folks are joining up and it's quite uh, you know good that everybody interested in these topics and upcoming topics also. I, I must I must say that with these uh, live chats, it takes about half an hour into the show before we start to see some effects because there is a time lag in the in the chats. If you can if you can get on earlier, get on earlier, then we can have a lot more time and a lot more interaction. This is not our show; it's all of our show. Okay, it's not just the stream teams. Um, and Kamona is coming. Oh, you're hitting the buttons now. It says uh, welcome and absolutely and. Thanks, everyone. I don't know who this is. It's LinkedIn user, unless it's Dominic Cooper again, being in, in the back, but uh, very good. Um, excellent. So it is a good topic, Sanjay. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe it is something that we can discuss more openly and more comfortably. What, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. You know, thriving is not an absence of adversity, but instead of ability to, you know, meet these challenges and still experience high level of personal well-being. This is what I understand. And uh, basically, if we talk about stress and thriving resilience and all, uh, I'll just give an example. I was just uh, drinking this bottle of water. So I came across one of the video which I witnessed a couple of years before. It's it's like a weight. It's what if, if I hold this bottle for half an hour in my hand like this? So what will happen? It's Maybe my my you know fingers muscles will you know oh, they'll, get, they'll just get stiff. What if I hold this bottle above my shoulder for suppose a half an hour? What will happen? 
Suddenly the blood blood circulation will you know low down and numbness on your shoulder. What if I hold this bottle on top of my arm for one hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely all yeah. my shoulders. So this basically what is stress basically. The more you take it on, the more he will you know keep on getting you into deep more into depress mode, depress mode. So all you have to do is just keep it aside. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we don't mean that uh, you don't walk away or something, no? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really water, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so take it as a stress. Yeah, I'm just giving an example. Uh, yeah, yeah. This thing. So, so the the more you you know think about it, you have to distract. Okay, this is not my baby. Let me focus on other things also. Yeah. yeah. The, you try to you know grab all everything here and there. Okay, I have to look my family. This, that, that. So you already overburdened. Yeah. So Kamuna says have an outlet is key. Okay. So on the conversations with Heather, I said my coping mechanism for me personally is exercise. It doesn't matter if it's job related or I don't cope very well with emotional baggage by the way. I'm very very weak at that. But if I if I have to deal with any of those things, my coping mechanism exercise and um sales pitch, not really sales pitch, but I'm a fully qualified personal trainer and I did that because I felt my fitness wasn't very good, you know, so I, I trained in it. So now over the last seven or eight days, I haven't been able to exercise because these shows take time to prep. I have people, wonderful people helping me with this and supporting me in this, but it does mean it takes an impact on my sleep. So for eight days, I've not slept well because I want to give you guys content that's resonating with how you feel. So after this, I'm gonna have a bit of a lie down and tomorrow I'm gonna to get back on the wheel and do some exercise, right? But my point is very much echoing what Kimona says, is having an outlet is key. Find your Zen moment, find where you where you feel you can reach into your inner self. And I don't wanna sound like the Dalai Lama, not that I ever will be, but find that comfort zone that works for you. Uh, Gemma, would you agree with that? Of course, yeah. Um very keen on exercising as you know when um it's, it's finding something that not only is your comfort zone but that allows you that clarity that that time away that time to reprocess to to be yourself for a little while uh to, to get away from whatever the stresses are um and exercise is brilliant for that because then you end up with all the floods of endorphins afterwards um if you push yourself just a little bit, then you end up feeling so good that you've managed, oh, even if it's only, I did an extra 100 meters today and I did way better than I have done before. And it, it just feels so good to do it. Absolutely, so absolutely. The yeah. little victories you can get from exercise are really motivating. Yeah. So get rid of the cortisol. Yeah. Get in the serotonin, the melatonin, grab it, get out in the yeah. sun, enjoy the vitamin D. Exactly. Come on. Exactly, exactly. Kimona says she's going to have a nap. I hope you're not having that nap while we're doing this. But anyway, it's great that you, you're saying that. Uh, that person earlier was a LinkedIn user, was Wakas. Hi, Wakas. How are you? Nice to see you. And Kimona is very much how my wife thinks about things Sense that she finds reconnecting with nature helps. My wife is a keen gardener. She finds a lot of therapy in that, but um, fantastic. Great interaction, fantastic live chat. No, it's been brilliant. Well, I don't know about you, but I think, I think I'm now charged about thriving through adversity. Live at redrisks.com, be a guest. You're always welcome. If you want to chat, send any one of us a LinkedIn contact details and we're happy to chat offline in private. We're all here to support each other and help each other. That's the only thing I want to say. And I'm going to hand you back to Gemma, who's been a wonderful host and helped me cope through this adversity today by allowing me to de-stress a little bit. Gemma, thank you so much. Thanks, Sonny. Um, but other than that, do you want to have any closing thoughts with the audience? Um, no, my only, my only closing thought is if you need help, ask for it. If somebody asks you for help, listen to understand rather than to respond and be kind. You never know where somebody else is. 
be kind, be considerate and be kind. Diversity, there's too much, there's too much SH1T going on. Let's be kind and uh, good to each other, yeah? Salam, Sanjay, Gemma, thank you so much. Gemma, thank you so much for hosting. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, God Gemma, bless. it was nice. Very nice indeed. God bless everyone on the line and um, let's catch up soon, okay? Don't forget to be on the show next week. 3 p.m. Tuesday, be there or be square. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.